the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and as you know, I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees of law, one as a master of the laws of taxation law, and the other as a master of the laws of intellectual property laws, both from the beautiful Golden Gate University in downtown San Francisco. Because of my training, experience, and interest, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management deal with those issues. I also do wills, trusts, and estates, real estate, and most importantly, taxation law. You know, I'm also proud to say that as part of my practice, I also seek to vindicate the rights of seniors who are victims of financial elder abuse. But more about that later. I am once again pleased to tell you that I am coming to you today from the beautiful KFAX studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some financial issues confronting families and small business owners. However, I must once again inform you and ask you to please note that this show does not provide legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show serves strictly as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might help you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and provide you with an outline, at least, of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. This week, I'm going to hit the pause button on my analysis of the two major corporate bankruptcies that are in the news today, namely one being Sears Holding Company, which filed for bankruptcy in the Southern District of New York back on October 15th of 2018, and the other, Pacific Gas and Electric Corporation and its subsidiaries, that filed earlier this week on Tuesday, January 29th, 2019, in the Northern District of California in San Francisco. I've been using these two gargantuan bankruptcies as a focal point to discuss and compare some of the more complex yet parallel issues that may also arise in a small business bankruptcy or even a large debt level individual or family bankruptcy. The reason why 
I want to pause today. I want to share with you the disturbing fact that according to a recent report published on January 24, 2019, in the Wall Street Journal entitled Scamming Grandma, Financial Abuse of Seniors Hits Records, U.S. banks have reported to their regulators a record 24,454 suspected cases of financial elder abuse. They've reported this to the U.S. Treasury Department that, that occurred in 2018, more than double the amount five years earlier, according to the Treasury Department. And also last week on January 16, 2019, the United States Senate Special Aging Committee held its first hearing of the 116th Congress to take evidence from subject matter experts in order to gain input and insight in ways to of to and of combating scams that are targeted at the finances of our elderly relatives and neighbors. The committee is jointly convened and oversaw by Chairwoman Senator Susan Collins, who's a a Republican from Maine, and the ranking member Bob Casey, a Democrat from Pennsylvania. Newly appointed committee members were also present at the hearing, and they included U.S. Senators Christian Sinema, who's a Democrat from Arizona, Jackie Rosen, who's a Democrat from Nevada, Martha McSally, a Republican from Arizona, Josh Hartley, a Republican from Ohio, Mike Braun, who's a Republican from Indiana, and also former Governor Rick Scott, who's a Republican from Florida. The committee's research found that with an aging population and the new technologies that can be accessed via the Internet using AI and other sophisticated techniques that are at fraudsters' disposals, Seniors have become increasingly vulnerable to financial schemes and scams that cost seniors about $2.9 billion each year. That's $2.9 billion with a B that these grifters are taking out of the pocketbooks of our moms and dads and our senior neighbors. That's a shame. The committee heard testimony from the daughter of a fraud, a fraud victim, that is to say her parents, who lost their life savings of $80,000 when they fell prey to what is known as the grandchild in distress scheme, wherein a grifter contacted the victims and used the love of their grandchild against them to fraudulently convinced the seniors that their grandson needed money to be wired right away to cover bail, legal fees, and vehicle repair costs after he, that is to say the grandchild, had purportedly caused an automobile accident while under the influence of alcohol. The couple subsequently found out too late after their money had been wired and the grifters dispersed like cockroaches that there was no accident at all. Also giving evidence were Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt, local law enforcement agencies, and the Elder Justice 
consultant with the Department of Justice on how the federal government can work better with state and local stakeholders to address these schemes. The hearing dialogue focused on developing proactive approaches to address elder fraud. Also, the committee updated and released its 2019 edition of its report entitled Fighting Fraud, Senate Aging Committee identifies the top 10 scams targeted at our nation's seniors, some of which I'll share with you directly. The hearing also served as a platform to introduce bipartisan legislation designated to curb scams targeting seniors entitled Fighting Elder Fraud, Progress Made, Work to Be Done. The legislation Stop Senior Scam Act, introduced by Senators Jerry Moran of Kansas and Bob Casey, who's the ranking member, would create a federal advisory council comprised of government officials, industry representatives, and consumer advocates to develop educational material on behalf of financial institutions and retailers and wire fraud industry, wire fraud, wire transfer industry. In turn, these materials will be used to train the employees in each industry to identify and report cases of elder fraud to the proper authorities. Now, according to that Senate committee, the top 10 most reported scams in 2018 were, number one, IRS impersonation scam. That's where someone calls you and tells you that they're from the Internal Revenue Service and that you owe them money, and they're going to come and take your children, your dog, and take you off to jail. The second is robocalls that are, to say, unsolicited phone calls. A a while back, because people were being harassed in their own homes with telephone calls that were unwanted, there is now a uh, do-not-call list that you can put yourself on. That being the case has not stopped some of these guys from going ahead harassing, especially if they know you're a senior. There's also the third most um, prevalent scam was sweepstakes scam or Jamaican lottery scam. That's where you purportedly won a large amount of money and all you have to do is pay the taxes or a small transfer fee and then you'll get the million-dollar jackpot. There's also something that's pretty uh, disgusting, actually. It's called computer tech support scam. That's where... A senior will be called up by an individual to say that they've noticed that their computer's running slowly or, um, you know, first off, they'll send them an email and tell them that they're, you know, been reported by one of their software vendors that there's a problem and they need to take over control of the computer in order to repair it. And you can imagine what happens. They take over the computer and then hold the information hostage until the, uh, the senior pays off. Then there's financial elder abuse, which I'll go into a little bit uh, more. There's the grandparent scam that I talked about earlier. There's a romance scam where a senior who might be lonely and a person will approach them on the telephone wanting to enter into a platonic and then ultimately romantic relationship. There's social security scam where you have to fix something about your social security and they'll get your number and take over your social security account impersonation scam, and then there's a pending lawsuit. That is to say, if you don't do something right away, you're going to have 
to take a default. And then finally, there's identity theft. Now, I'll continue our discussion on the rampant growth of financial elder abuse and what federal, state, and local governments and we, the people, can do about it. But first, we'll take a short break. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on the rampant growth of financial elder abuse and what the federal, state, and local government, as well as we the people, can do about it. Let's continue by delving a little bit deeper into what the United States Senate Special Aging Committee found on the topic of financial elder abuse. It's the number five top issue that was brought to their attention. A little bit of background. Financial exploitation of older Americans is illegal or improper. That is to say it is the illegal and improper use of the older adults' funds, property, or other assets. According to the Government Accountability Office, that is to say the GAO, seniors lose an estimated $2.9 billion, again, billion with a B, annually due to financial exploitation. Although these numbers are likely substantially underreported, a 2011 GAO study found that approximately 14.1% of adults aged 60 and older had experienced physical, psychological, or sexual abuse, potential neglect, and or financial exploitation in that previous year. The fraud hotline that's part of the committee's uh, information and fact-gathering uh, mechanism documents complaints of elder abuse and refers calls to the local jurisdiction's Adult Protective Services for further action. Adult Protective Services employees receive reports on alleged abuse. They investigate the allegations, determine whether the alleged abuse can be substantiated or arrange for services to ensure victims' well-being. Adult Protective Services can also refer cases to law enforcement agencies and district attorneys for criminal investigation and prosecution. Adult Protective Services workers ideally coordinate with local law enforcement and prosecutors to take action, but the effectiveness of this relationship can vary significantly from state to state and from locale to locale. As of 2015, every state in the United States had an elder abuse statute on the books. Older Americans are particularly vulnerable to financial exploitation because financial decision-making ability can decrease with age. One study found that women are almost twice as likely to be victims of financial abuse. Most victims are between the ages of 80 and 89. They live alone and require support with daily activities. Perpetrators include family members. I say that again. Perpetrators include family members, paid home care workers, those with fiduciary responsibility, such as financial advisors and legal guardians, and sometimes even lawyers, or strangers 
who <clears throat> defrauded older adults meet through the mail, telephone, or Internet scams, such as the romance scam that I discussed earlier. Victims whose assets were taken by family members typically do not want their relatives to be criminally prosecuted, leaving civil actions as the only mechanism to recover stolen assets. Few civil attorneys, however, are trained in the issues related to older victims of financial exploitation. Money that is stolen is rarely recovered, which can undermine the victim's ability to support or care for themselves any longer. Consequently, the burden of caring for exploited older adults may fall on the rest of us. That alone should be reason enough for those of us who practice law to be interested in this and also to support adult protective services in our neighborhoods. One of the provisions of the Elder Justice Act of 2009, which was enacted in 2010, former, was the former Elder Justice Coordinating Council, which first convened on October 11, 2012. The council is tasked with increasing cooperation amongst federal agencies. Experts agree that multidisciplinary teams that bring together professionals from various fields such as social work, medicine, law, nursing, and the financial industry can expedite and resolve complex cases, identify systemic problems, and raise awareness about the emerging scams that are coming on board. The Elder Abuse Prevention and Prosecution Act, Public Law 11570, which was signed into law on October 18, 2017, and co sponsored by the Aging Committee Chairperson Collins and Ranking Member Casey, further improves the federal government's response to the issue of elder abuse. The law compels Department of Justice, and the Federal Trade Commission to designate elder justice coordinators in each federal jurisdiction to oversee activities relating to elder justice and to evaluate the best practices of the DOJ and the FTC, other federal agencies, state agencies, and local agencies for preventing and prosecuting elder abuse. While some states have laws that require financial professionals to report suspected financial exploitation of seniors to the appropriate local and state authorities, there currently is no federal requirement to do so. Some financial professionals may fail to report suspected financial exploitation due to a lack of training or a fear of repercussions of violating privacy laws. As such, Chairwoman Collins and rank, former ranking member Claire McCastle offered the Senior Safe Act, a bipartisan bill co-sponsored by ranking member Casey and others, which would provide certain individuals with immunity for disclosing suspected financial exploitation of senior citizens. The, C- the Senior Safe Act was signed into law on May 24, 2018, as part of the Economic Growth, Regulatory Relief, and Consumer Protection Act. You know, it's absolutely crucial that those of us who are members of the community 
and especially those of us who say that we are members of the faith community, that we get involved in protecting our most vulnerable citizens. You know, besides babies, our senior citizens are the most vulnerable. They've worked their whole lives to make a good living, to buy homes, to shelter us, and send us to school such that we could be able to take care of ourselves and our offspring. And when they reach, as the report indicates, their 80s, and when they should be enjoying the, the final years of their lives, they are susceptible to individuals who would want to exploit them financially. And unfortunately, many of the individuals who do the exploitation are members of their own families. With the opioid epidemic throughout the land, many of the people, many of the children and grandparents, grandchildren who are exploiting their parents and grandparents are addicted to drugs. To me, you know, I they need treatment, but that's no excuse. The rest of us need to be providing and w- watching out for them. So I would say this. One of the ways that you can make sure that your seniors in your own family aren't exploited by one of your siblings or maybe one of your children is to make sure that multiple members of your family are engaged with the senior, are visiting the senior, that you all have meetings, uh, family meetings, where you discuss with the senior what they want to do with their money. That way they're not backed into a corner by one member of the family. Every member of the family is involved in these family discussions about how to watch out for mom, dad, grandma, or grandpa, or even Uncle Joe or Aunt Sally. We, that's the only way that we can make sure that our family members aren't, aren't exploited by members of our own family because we're so busy taking care of our day-to-day business that we don't have time to check in. That's for family members. As a lawyer, I have had to deal with clients who were being exploited by uh, their financial institutions in, in some instances, by loved ones who were related or maybe not even related via a romance scam. So this is very prevalent. And, you know, as a result of one of my um, encounters, I actually um, wrote wrote a short story uh, using um, technology as a possible way to protect Uh, individuals who are isolated. That seems to be the one common denominator. These individuals are sometimes isolated from family members, and it might be that the family is out and about, or maybe there's been a falling out with with a son or a grandchild or, or a daughter or a granddaughter, and so the senior is isolated and uh, susceptible to scam artists. Because uh, let's face it, anymore, our information for the most part, our age and the like is out there on the Internet, and individuals can target us if they think we're susceptible and if they think we live alone. And, you know, in the good old days, your name and address and phone number was part of something called uh, the telephone directory. Well, anymore now that's part of the Internet. So, you know, I am going to continue this discussion. I've, I've shared this week what's going on at the federal level. But when in the 
intervening week or, or next week, I want to share with you what California is doing specifically. It has a piece of legislation that helps lawyers be better able to identify if their clients are being exploited and what we can do. So till next time, as I said, when we take a look at what California and some of the local counties in California are doing uh, about elder financial abuse here in our Golden State, and the particular piece of legislation, the law is the Welfare and Institution Code, Section 15610.30. I want to have you all to please take care and always try to stay on the right side of the law. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.